This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of Brewers on Tap. We are from the desert as the crew continues through the Cactus League schedule. They sit at 6-4-1 so far in exhibition play. They play the Reds this afternoon at Goodyear Ballpark in Goodyear, Arizona. There has been a lot of news coming out of Brewers camp over the course of the last week. One big piece of news, but it's not official, and so... Should those reports be confirmed, we'll come back at you with a, another edition, kind of a, an emergency edition, if you will, of Brewers on Tap, should that news come true. If you don't know what I'm talking about, well, just you know, go online and read about it. You'll figure it out pretty quick. There's some big news that could potentially be coming out in the coming days for the Brewers. Beyond that, there's some other cool news that's been coming out uh, from the Brewers' standpoint. One of those things is the Brewers' Wall of Honor and the selections and the inductions that will be happening this summer on the Brewers' Wall of Honor. Gold Glove outfielder Carlos Gomez is going to be going on to the Brewers' Wall of Honor this year, and all-star pitchers Giovanni Gallardo and Francisco Rodriguez also going to be joining Carlos Gomez, and that's going to be fun to see all those three guys back at Miller Park for their induction, which will be announced at a later date into the Wall of Honor for the Milwaukee Brewers. And also, the Milwaukee Braves Historical Association is going to induct the late Wes Covington uh, onto the Milwaukee Braves Wall of Honor as well. That ceremony coming up on May the 20th. Of course, uh, a lot going on in terms of uh, the Cactus League schedule. Now that we're into the double digits in terms of games, we've probably got about another week, and then you're going to start seeing some cuts happen. You're going to start seeing some other kind of decisions being made in terms of who's going to be in that rotation and who's maybe going to start shifting more to a bullpen type of role. It's going to be a really interesting uh, next couple of weeks. This has been an interesting camp. The Brewers certainly look like they've got the, the market cornered again in terms of clubhouse chemistry. Another fun clubhouse, good guys to be around. And I think there's some excitement about what this team could potentially be. And a lot of the excitement revolves around some of these young arms. Guys that have been here for the last couple of years but have matured and look like they've put themselves in position to really have a big impact for the Brewers this coming year. Uh, One of those guys is Freddie Peralta, whom we've talked about last week when he signed his extension with the Brewers. And Freddie Peralta has looked very sharp so far in Cactus League camp. He has looked very good in Brewers camp. He's added the slider. That should only benefit him and make the fastball that much better Um, for the Brewers and so it's very encouraging and it it is just spring training but I think there's a reason to be very optimistic about what Freddie Peralta can bring to this team in 2020. The other 
name is Corbin Burns, who we, we thought last year Corbin Burns was ready to have a, a huge year for the Brewers, and we know that that did not happen. He had his struggles in the rotation, never really recovered out of the bullpen as well, and it was kind of a lost year for Corbin Burns last year. We're going to talk to him coming up a little bit later on in the podcast, but Corbin Burns' stuff again this spring looks as good as it's ever looked. He has a slider that is hit 94, and it is a legit slider. It's big time. Fastball still looks very good, and Corbin Burns still has a chance to be a huge, big-time pitcher for the Brewers before it's all said and done. Now, is that going to be as a starter? Is that going to be in the bullpen? Those are kind of the questions we're trying to figure out right now in Brewers camp. But those are two names that I think every Brewers fan should be intrigued by, excited about, and keeping a close eye on. Because I think as those two go, so could the Brewers season. If those two guys take off and have the years we think they can have, the Brewers, in my opinion, will end up winning the NL Central. Uh, I really believe that. I think that those are guys, and I'm not trying to put too much pressure on them, Brewers can win the NL Central even if those guys don't have big years. They almost did it a year ago without those two having big years. But I think if those two guys have big years and step forward, whew, the Brewers' rotation all of a sudden looks nasty between Brandon Woodruff and a Corbin Burns and a Freddie Peralta. And then you have guys like Eric Lauer, who has looked really sharp so far uh, in spring training. And Adrian Hauser, who's looked really sharp so far in spring training. And don't forget about Josh Lindblom and Brett Anderson. You're not going to have enough spots for all these guys. And so some of these guys may have to pitch out of the bullpen before it's all said and done. But this is going to be a group that I think everybody's going to be really intrigued by. The Brewers' bullpen has the potential, in my opinion, to be the best bullpen in, in, in baseball in the National League, at the very least, because of Josh Hader, of course. But then everything that could be around Josh Hader in that bullpen, eventually you get Corey Knebel back. We know that Corey Knebel, when he is right, is about as dominant as there is in baseball. You've got Brent Suter out there, who certainly is a guy that has proven his worth and incredibly valuable for the Brewers. You've got a David Phelps who's had some tough outings in the Cactus League schedule so far, but I'm not too worried about that because David Phelps has been a proven reliever in baseball and and, and a guy that the Brewers can give the ball to with confidence. Alex Claudio had 83 appearances last year, so that's a workhorse guy that you can run out there a lot and put out on the mound a lot over the course of the year. But then if a Burns moves back to the bullpen, there's a really dynamic arm there that can have a huge impact on the Brewers' bullpen as well, or a Freddie Peralta potentially. So it's how this all shakes out, again, is going to be, to me, one of the big storylines of the next couple of weeks for the Brewers. Let's jump right into it, and let's sit down with Corbin Burns and talk to him about what this spring has felt like so far. Let's break it down. Corbin Burns is our guest on Brewers on Tap. And Corbin, uh, you have to feel really good about the start that you've had to spring training. You've come out and looked really sharp, and it looks like all that off-season work has started to really pay off for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely very pleased. Um, you know, it's only been a couple outings, but uh, you know, we've been able to get out there and kind of mix everything in, and you know, kind of see how uh, how things are progressing after you know the work we put in this off-season. And uh, you know, so far so good. So it's it's good to see. I know you've relitigated last season probably in your mind a bunch of different times, and probably the most frustrating thing is that your stuff still measured very well, um, and yet the results weren't there how hard was that to kind of wrap your mind around and then go okay now we got to tear this down and and figure out how we can improve um you know it's tough but you know in in every situation you know there's something to learn so um 
Yeah, the, the way I kind of looked at it last year was, you know, we, we have a lot of things to learn from. Um, you know, we kind of went into the offseason with that mindset of, you know, what can we, what can we adjust, what can we make better? Um, so we kind of found some things that we wanted to work on and, you know, kind of adjust and you know, kind, of, kind of to complement that slider, knowing that the slider is one of the best pitches in the league. And, um, you know, it was pretty, pretty exciting you know, the last couple of innings to kind of see some of us have to work on and get some good swings on them. So it's definitely one of those things that um, you, know, you look back at last year and you kind of want to forget it, but it's one of those things also you, you can learn from. And so it was, it was a good learning experience for me. Last Friday you threw a slider on the back foot to Max Muncy. And I think people hear 94-mile-per-hour slider, they think maybe it's more like a cutter. But, I mean, that was a slider. <laughs> and uh, and you know that better than anybody. And Cody Bellinger's in the on-deck circle, and he reacts to it like, holy cow, I don't think I just saw what I just saw. Um, obviously, that speaks volumes to just how potent of a pitch that is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, that's you know, that's some of the better hitters in the game right now. So to, uh, to, to get some of that feedback from those guys, um, you know, I know Jacob Nottingham is good friends with Bellinger, and after the game, he kind of talked to him. Was you know, again, he was kind of impressed with some of the stuff that he'd seen, and you know, it just looks completely different from last year. So that's that's kind of some of the feedback you want to hear, um, you know, especially with some things that we're working on. So it's definitely a good sign. Fastball has always been another big pitch for you. Command last year at times was something I know you wanted to improve upon. What were some of the things in the offseason you did to try to lock in from that standpoint? Yes, yeah, so we, we kind of adjusted um, the look of the fastball this year. Um, you know, last year we, we kind of had the, the slider and fastball starting to blend together with the fastball that would cut and the harder slider. So we kind of wanted to get something that would run away from the uh, run away from the slider, kind of create some more separation. So um, you know, throwing more of like a two-seamer sinker this year to try and you know, emphasize the, the action on the slider. And um, just in doing that, I've you know, kind of found more comfortable with um, you know, commanding it you know, at the bottom of the zone, top of the zone, wherever it may, may be. Um, so it just kind of falls into a better, you know, whether it's arm slot or way it's come out of the hand, just feels more comfortable, and uh, you know, it's been able to something that I can you know work on a lot more. There's been a lot made about the Brewers and how they're on the cutting edge from a technological standpoint when it comes to pitching and developing pitching, and that's a huge plus for somebody like you. And I think every guy, I remember Josh Tomlin last year being in camp talking about how in other organizations he had to kind of figure out what worked for him in terms of what kind of information he was being fed and how he was processing it. How much of that has been a part of the process for you? And Chris Hook is probably one of the best there is at understanding that and learning how to how to make it in your language and make it work for you so you can make the adjustments you need to make. Right. No, it's, it's huge. Um, you know, the Brewers over the last couple of years have gotten real big on that, obviously, with the pitching lab and some of the other, uh, all the other gadgets and stuff we have during bullpen. So it's definitely one of those things that um, – you know, it's what's being used as a tool now. Um, it's not it's only you know not help myself, but hitters as well. So, um, you know, it's one of those things you have to find what fits you though. If you try to go in there and try to try to attack everything and just try to absorb all the information, you're going to be lost and not know what's um, what's going to benefit you the most. So, um, I think the the biggest thing last year at the end of the year was kind of figuring out you know what things we wanted to look at, what things were going to help me and benefit me. And then uh, you know, kind of use that for this offseason as far as training and you know, whatever it may be to, to help with the pitching side of it. Um, so it's just all about finding what, what, what information is going to benefit you the most. Being on both ends of it, the unbelievable success in 18, the struggles last year, when it's all behind you, can both of those things kind of make you tougher and better moving forward? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you can, you can you know, draw from those successes you had in 18 to, you know, to, to, to kind of get you through those lower areas like I had last year, but then... You know the, the tough year you go through last year. It's you know it's like I said earlier. It's, it's one of those things that you learn from and you learn. You know you learn what you got to do when you kind of get kicked in the teeth. So it was. Uh, you know I, I, I feel fortunate to have had the you know the struggles so early on in my career, 
um, you know, I think it's only going to you know, benefit me you know, as, I, as I progress here in my years. A little bit like Andy Dufresne and Shawshank Redemption. Like you crawl through it and you come out of it and then, and then everything works out really well in the end. Your mindset, being stretched out right now as a starter, but obviously bullpen has been something that you've done in the past. Are you even worrying about that right now? Are you just trying to go through the process of getting yourself ready for the season and, and worry about that later? Yeah, you know, that's something that we'll, you know, we'll figure out down here at the end of camp. Um, you know, right now it's just you know, trying to get out there, get as many innings as possible to uh, you know, keep working on stuff and you know, keep, keep getting some feedback from hitters. Um, you know, once we come down to that, you know, that last week or 10 days of camp is when we're going to, you know, we'll sit down and have that, that meeting of, you know, okay, what's it going to be going forward, you know, rotation, bullpen, whatever it may be. So, um, you know, we still got probably a week or two before we have to sit down and have that conversation. But, um, you know, right now the focus is just get out there, get the innings, you know, keep working on the stuff, get that feedback from the hitters. Corbin, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Checking in on the farm. Okay, as we go down on the farm, in a moment we're going to talk to Corey Ray, who shows up on the Brewers' top 30 prospect list. MLB Pipeline just put this out earlier this week. We teased it a little bit last week on the podcast that we were going to dive into this. And so the Brewers' new top 30 is out in one top 100 player, and that is Bryce Terang, who finds himself as the number one prospect in the Brewers' organization. Bryce Terang had a very good first full year uh, in professional baseball last year. He is the top prospect for the Brewers. They put him as an ETA in terms of when they think he could reach the majors in 2022. Probably see Bryce Terang in high A to start the year this year. See if he can graduate up to double A. If that happens, that's a really good sign. That means that Bryce Terang is doing a lot of good things. We've seen him a little bit in the Cactus League schedule so far this spring, and he can hit. He has great contact skills with his bat. He's a plus defender. Uh, at shortstop, and he's an exciting prospect for the Brewers. Number two, they have Ethan Small, who's also in big league spring training right now with the crew. He was in high, uh, he was in low A last year to finish the year. I think there's a chance he's going to be in double A to start this year. If he's not in double A, he'll start in high A, quickly graduate, I would think, to double A if he continues to have the success that he's had. But Ethan Small, the left-hander, the number one draft pick last year for the Brewers out of Mississippi State. At number three is Mario Feliciano. There's a big riser in the Brewers organization. Feliciano had a great year last year, put up big numbers in high A, ended up graduating to double A before it was all said and done. And Mario Feliciano is somebody that if he backs that up with another big year, he has a very good arm behind the plate. His receiving skills are still developing as it would be with a lot of young catchers. But he is somebody that I think has a chance to kind of put it all together. Think about the Brewers and Jacob Nottingham. Jacob Nottingham is getting rave reviews this spring for how much he's improved defensively. He's gone from being a guy that a lot of people didn't think was going to stick as a catcher to now becoming a, a, a really good defensive catcher where the Brewers feel very confident in his ability to get things done behind the plate. And... That's been the work of Charlie Green. Charlie Green is an unbelievable asset for the Brewers organization, the roving catching instructor. And he works with these guys, and they get better. And Mario Feliciano is going to continue to get better with his receiving skills, has the, the natural tools in terms of arm strength, and he put together a pretty good offensive season last year as well. So he's going to be an interesting guy, I think, to, to follow for the Brewers. Tristan Lutz in the outfield, all that power that he has, He's at number four, Aaron Ashby, the Brewers minor league pitcher of the year last year. 
the left-hander is number five. You've got Antoine Kelly, the left-hander, at number six. Remember, he throws 100 miles an hour. Uh, he's going to be an exciting guy to follow over the next couple of years to see how he develops. And then maybe the most intriguing name on the Brewers list, Eduardo Garcia, the shortstop. He's just 17 years old, but he is getting rave reviews, and a lot of people think this could be the star of the system before it's all said and done for the Brewers. You keep going on down the list. Drew Rasmussen's at number nine, the right-handed pitcher that throws about 100 miles an hour. And then Corey Ray checks in at number 10. And Corey Ray is an interesting guy, former first-round pick in 2016. Everybody knows about Corey Ray. But in 2018, this was the Southern League MVP, and this was the Brewers' minor league player of the year. And then he dealt with injuries last year, and he had his struggles. Corey Ray, when healthy, has produced. He just has not been healthy a lot in the Brewers' organization since he was drafted. And the hope is that that's going to change this year, in 2020. I had a chance to sit down with Corey and talk to him about it all. First and foremost, just being healthy, I know, is something that, that you value a lot right now because you've dealt with some injuries over the course of your young career. How good does it feel to just be out there and feel like yourself? It feels really good um, to be able to show what I can do um, and be healthy. Definitely, it's, you, can't, you can't put up numbers. You can't be the person that you are if you aren't healthy. So um, my number one goal was to put myself in a position to where I am healthy going into spring and figuring out how to stay healthy throughout the entire year. You've talked uh, on the record about how frustrating last year was for you and how there were times where you're questioning yourself. Are you stronger now, though, for having gone through it? Yeah, definitely. I think I don't I don't know if you love something enough um, if you don't hate it at one point. Um, so I'm very grateful for that time last year. Um, people say it was a wash, but for me, it was it was a mental pillar. Um, it's something that I can learn off of, something that I can be confident that I won't go back there um, because of the work that I put in this offseason. The health, my health is good. And um, just that remembering those times and remembering that I was at my lowest point and I made it through. So, you know, you, you keep pushing it. You figure it out. I know that um, there's a lot of talk in camp about the pitchers and all the technology that they're able to use right now and what TrackMan's been able to do and all those types of things. But you yourself pay close attention to that stuff and you look at your swing and you understand kind of where you need to be from a swing standpoint when you're having your most success. Can you break that down a little bit on how much you've learned just from looking at the data and making adjustments on the fly? A bunch. Uh, you're not guessing anymore, right? We say the swing starts from the ground up and there has to be a type of kinetic chain. Now we're able to quantify that and measure that kinetic chain. There was always a disconnect in my swing, but we could never figure out why. Um, practice and batting practice is good. Then in the game, something breaks down somewhere, some, something in the kinetic chain. So now we're able to put the blast motion on. We're able to put the rap soto on and have the Edutronic camera see exactly where it is the breakdown happens. Um, and we're able to quantify why and when I do it right, what it feels like and what I think to do it right so that I can take that into the game. You had such a big year in 2018. You were the player of the year for the Brewers minor league system. And then, of course, the injuries hit last year. When you talk about the frustrations at the same time, how much do you remind yourself that your healthiest year that you've had in this organization, you were a Southern League MVP, you were a minor league organizational MVP for the Brewers. How much do you have to remind yourself of that? A lot. You know, it's encouraging that I've had one, well, I guess it's bittersweet that I've had one healthy full season um, since I've been drafted, but it's encouraging that that one healthy season was a good one. Um, so just putting emphasis on remaining healthy. You know, when I'm healthy, I'm good, um, mentally and physically. So uh, 
the importance of being healthy and being on the field um, and being able to do what it is that I can do. What has it been like to be in big league camp for the last couple of years and be a chance to and have a chance to absorb what you've been able to absorb from guys like Lorenzo Cain and Ryan Braun and Christian Yelich and keep on going down that list? And my goal coming into big league camp, number one, to stay healthy, but number two, to leave here a better player than, than when I came. And I think with those guys around, you can't help but to leave here a better player. So every single year, you get a little bit better, and those compile over the years, and now I feel like I'm way better than, than I was in 16, well, in 17 in my first big league spring training. Corey, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, thank you. And my thanks to Corey Ray for joining me here on Brewers on Tap. That is going to do it for us in this week's edition of Brewers on Tap. There's a great chance we're going to have another one coming for you in the next couple of days. If that potential news that has been talked about, that has been reported on, comes to fruition, we'll be coming back at you with another edition of Brewers on Tap. You can count on that. Until then, have a great day. I'm Lingren. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.